Welcome to the first ever episode of the FredCast podcast, a podcast devoted to Fredonia University's past, present, and future. I'm your host, Miranda Shalansky. Today's student host is Diana Bateman, a senior with majors in physics and earth science education. She's also active in many clubs and organizations on campus. In addition, she's an RA. Holy cats, you've got to be very busy over there, Diana. Thank you so much for joining me for the first ever FredCast. Thanks for having me. So when I first thought about having this podcast, Diana, you were one of the first people I thought of. I thought it would be great to connect with you. You seem to know everyone and everywhere. (laughs) You're very active on campus. And so I was really excited to see who you'd want to interview. And you picked Police Chief Brent Isaacson. Brent um, started at Fredonia University in 2019 and previously served 23 years as special agent for the FBI, having served in Washington, D.C. and Buffalo divisions of the FBI. Thank you so much for joining us, Brent. Great to be here. Thank you. So my first question for you, Brent, would just be, give us five words to describe your job as police chief here at Fredonia. Well, I can give you three, uh, and that is that my view of policing law enforcement general is summed up in three words. I think all law enforcement officers should be uh, kind, honest, and empathetic. I think the, the best, most effective uh, law enforcement officers out there have those three qualities. And uh, if we do those three right, everything else falls in place. Awesome. I really like those. That was cool to hear. You were even able to do it more briefly than five words. That's amazing. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Can you tell us about your journey to becoming police chief on campus? Well, sure. I, uh, I'm a local kid. I was born and raised in Jamestown and uh, spent most of my life uh, in Western New York. I was, I was in the Navy for six years in the Washington, D.C. area, and then I worked uh, mm-hmm. as an engineer in uh, Pittsburgh for a while. And uh, my younger brother is uh, a Jamestown police officer, and he took me for a ride in a police car about about 26, 27 years ago, and we were speeding through the J- uh, streets of Jamestown with lights and sirens, and that was just a blast. And I was an engineer at the time, and he was having a whole lot more fun than I was. So I just, uh, I had never thought about law enforcement, uh, and I filled out a form. They actually had paper back then in the mid-90s to apply for jobs. And uh, I filled out a form applying to be a special agent of the FBI. And uh, before I knew it, I was in Quantico, Virginia and uh, driving cars fast and uh, learning about the law and learning uh, all the law enforcement skills that we have to know. And I was just having a ball, just uh, having an absolute ball. Uh, I spent most of my FBI career in Western New York. And during that time, I certainly spent a lot of time Uh, in and around the Fredonia campus and got to know uh, the police department here, got to know my predecessor, Ann Burns, uh, very well. And uh, just, you know, always attracted to Fredonia, right? What's not to love about this place? Uh, And about midway through my FBI career, I got really interested in uh, the uh, uh, idea of violence prevention. And it turned out after the horrible school shooting in Sandy Hook out in Connecticut, uh, uh, the FBI really worked hard on trying to understand the psychology of offenders who carry out what we call targeted mass attacks. And so I went back to school, I got a master's in psychology uh, and really studied a lot on what uh, 
what causes people to do those kinds of horrible things. And actually more importantly, how they behave before they do it. And it turns out that uh, there's, a, there's a lot of ways to prevent those attacks. And uh, that skill set, I uh, work in a lot of cases where uh, I, I got to work with SUNY Fredonia, uh, I got to work with uh, Buff State, other schools in Western New York, SUNY Alfred, uh, on cases, what we call persons of concern, cases where typically a student might be struggling, but um, there might be some concerns that there might be some violence ahead. And working with schools to prevent that, uh, those attacks from happening, uh, get, get people help they needed to get them on a better path, a nonviolent path. Uh, I think all those things just sort of pointed me back to uh, this job. I knew uh, Chief Burns was getting toward the end of her career and I uh, got very interested in uh, throwing my hat in the ring and seeing if I might be able to uh, succeed her as she left. Wow, so you, you were an engineer to start and then completely uh, like turned and then did like a master's in psychology as well. Those are like two very different fields. Yeah, and I, looking back, I, I, there's a lot more in the rear view mirror than in the windshield right now as I look at my career, but uh, I, I think I've enjoyed it more doing two very, very different things. Uh, I was doing nuclear engineering in the Navy and really enjoyed that. I was really thinking about going back to grad school uh, to get an advanced degree in engineering. And uh, my brother took me for a ride in that doggone police car. And, <laughs> and uh, he, <laughs> I, I think he, uh, he had a big hand in uh, getting me to think about uh, maybe taking a left-hand turn in my career. And uh, I've never looked back. It's, it's been a fun ride. Um, so I know that you have a passion for building connection and community. We've talked about this. I've talked to some of your other officers um, because I spend so much time there. Um, but can you tell us a little bit more about where that comes from? Well, sure. I, I think it really ties a couple of thoughts I've already mentioned, right? The, this idea that, that best law enforcement officers are kind, honest, and empathetic. And combine that with this idea of how do we prevent violence? Because when you really think about it, uh, having a police department on our campus is uh, it's just a tremendous safety benefit. But, uh, you know, the officers uh, uh, really to do their job most effectively and do those things where we can prevent violence and uh, prevent bad things from happening on this campus. Uh, how do you do that? Well, you have a lot of positive, friendly interactions with students and with everybody, you know, faculty and staff. But I think the idea is that if for every thousand times a police officer has contact with a student, uh, I want 999 of them to be in a non-emergency, non-law enforcement situation. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather see my officers uh, shooting a game of hoops with some students uh, or having a cup of coffee or uh, just hanging out at a, at a college event I'd, I'd much rather see that than uh, an officer dealing with a student uh, who might have been in a car wreck or uh, might have been victimized somehow. You know, those are stressful, difficult times when people are, you know, if they have an accident happen to them or if they've been victimized uh, in some way or, 
or actually if they've been caught for criminal activity, right? Very, very negative experience for, uh, for anybody, but especially for students. If our officers are having those good positive interactions and that's sort of the normal, that's the culture that we have on campus, uh, I think what happens then is that if there is a student struggling, that you know that student might see no, no resort other than violence to resolve whatever issue is going on. You know, maybe a roommate or a classmate of that student will say, you know what, I, I know the police officers on campus, they're, they're cool guys, they're, they're cool people, and, and I think I'm going to talk to them about this because I trust them, I know them. Uh, you know, break, breaking down those walls that naturally exist, I think, too often between police officers and, and the people they serve, uh, I think that's how we really make sure that nothing bad happens on our campus. You know, the, the risk of that is already low. You know, statistically, we'd have to sit on our campus for 6,000 years uh, for uh, a murder to happen. Uh, I'd, I'd like to make that number 6 million years or 6 billion years. And I think the way we do that is uh, just have those uh, really granular, really uh, comfortable connections to the uh, campus community. Awesome. I really like that. I know that like I personally like, connect with a lot of your officers and I have over the past few years, especially now more so that they are in the buildings more and everything. Um, and I know that like when I'm talking with residents, sometimes I'm, like when they're scared, it happens, things happen. And I'm just like, well, like here, here's a couple good officers. If you like, and not to say that any of them are better than the others, but like ones that I know, like here, I know this one, why don't you go talk to them? They could help you in this thing. So it's really good to know that like, you want to continue this community building because I think it's really great for our campus. So thank you. Yeah, I think that is good. And you know, a lot of, we have the luxury that a lot of police agencies don't have, uh, you know, even in the, in the cities in Chautauqua County, Dunkirk and Jamestown say, uh, these officers on a, on a busy Friday night, uh, they'll be running from one 911 call to the next. So as soon as they, uh, deal with one emergency, their radios are squawking and they have to run off to the, to the next. Thankfully, uh, our officers, we don't have that operational tempo most of the time. So, you know, we have the luxury of time and spend a little quality time and uh, non-law enforcement time with, with our students so that we can, we can take advantage of that luxury of time and, and use it for relationship building. I love that. Thank you. One of the things that I've noticed as like a resident's life human is that um, RAs are putting on more programming of like coffee with the officers and having the officers around to be able to build those connections. And it sounds like from, from my peers that have been here longer than I, that that's really a shift in culture, which, which is like a cool thing to see. Cause I think um, before that the officers weren't as accessible for that community building. Um, and so I think that's a really cool way that you've built additional community. Um, are there other ways that you hope to build community with your staff? Like uh, going forward, is there things that you have in the works or things that you're thinking of that you hope to implement going forward? Well, you know, you, you bring up a good uh, point and uh, I'm, I'm still relatively new to this job, but I have been so impressed by the RAs and the RDs and uh, you know they're generally young. They're generally early in their careers, and uh, uh, they just so often deal with uh, 
students who are, are struggling in some way and, and I see these reports and I hear from my officers just about the quality work that the RAs and the RADs are doing to uh, support other students and just, just fantastic uh, stuff, you know, whatever might be going on in the personal life of a student so often uh, that, that first line of help is, is the RA that's down the hall and, and it's just been good to see that. You know, I, I think that I've, I've definitely been pleasantly surprised with uh, how quickly those, uh, those connections have been made between the officers and the students. Uh, you know, one of the uh, casualties of this uh, crisis that we're going through now is that we're physically separated, right? So everything is on, uh, on a pause. In fact, that's what the governor calls it. But uh, we're missing out on uh, weeks and now the summer coming up. Uh, so I think we're going to have to start again <laughs> when, when the fall starts. Uh, and my, my sense is it'll be sort of uh, a wash, rinse, repeat. I think we'll be doing a lot of what we did in this past fall, we'll be doing it again in this current fall because it just seems like everything will be sort of reset. Um, I've been really pleased too with how much our officers have enjoyed this. Um, I, I, when I was brand new, just a few weeks into this, I was making it known to the officers that this was a priority for me. And uh, I wouldn't say there was resistance because that would be overstating it, but maybe some healthy law enforcement skepticism, like, yeah, chief is really, you really, you really think you wanted us to do this? And yeah, I really do guys. This is, this is important to us in uh, our mission. And I, I've been just tickled with how many of the officers come back from these events uh, and they're just beaming. Uh, they're just, they're telling, uh, just telling good stories about, Good conversations they've had with students uh, about the reception they're getting so uh, the officers are getting pretty jazzed about it too yeah i think we're all pretty resistant to change at the very beginning but then when we start to see like those positive connections and the, the positive outcomes um we a, a lot of us you know not just officers but like i know for me like i i am resistant to change and then you know when i start to see positive things for the things i'm resistant to I'm like all on board. So I'm glad to see that they, they've taken to it and that they enjoy doing it. Cause I know it's, it's a program that the RAs enjoy running is having the officers around and being able to really involve them in programming and have, and have them there and, and seeing and be a part of the community that we're building. Yeah, it's good to hear. And you know, this is uh, this is not an original idea. Uh, the idea of community policing is uh, decades old now. And uh, the idea is, to get police officers out of their squad cars. You know, that, that uh, squad car really is a, it's a portable fortress, right? And it isolates, insulates the officer from the community and getting police officers out of their cars is uh, time tested, it works. And, you know, getting those uh, hundreds and hundreds of quality, informal, easy interactions between officers and the people they serve, uh, that's really the key. And it's, it's worked in big cities. It's worked on college campuses. Uh, I tell my guys, being a cop should be a lot of fun. And if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> sitting, sitting in a squad car is not a lot of fun. <laughs> so, uh, you know, our officers are seeing that they're, they're getting out of their squad cars. They're interacting with the students. Uh, and, you know, on this campus, 
we have amazing students from uh, uh, all kinds of different backgrounds, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, different interests and, and academic programs, just really smart quality uh, students here that we have and the officers just enjoy hanging out with them and having those conversations. I will say that like having those conversations with officers, um, not only in my case, but a couple other cases of some of my residents this past um, year has like changed the way they like look at officers in their hometowns or wherever they're from. Because like, I mean, it doesn't change that my biggest fear is still to get pulled over. I'm so scared of getting pulled over. It's not even funny. But what are you I doing don't... in your car that, that you're that scared? You see, I can't say it because that is on record. You know <laughs> I don't care. I, I mean, Brent's probably her. I've definitely talked about it in campus safety before, but I am um, really just afraid of like a speeding ticket. That's, I don't do anything else <laughs> possibly speed, but it's fine. Um, but like, I know that like just joking with like officers about it, um, there's multiple officers that are like, Diana will just pull you over like so you can get the fear gone. But like, it makes it a lot less scary when you like encounter officers elsewhere. I remember like, and even in Fredonia itself, I was at Walmart like three weeks ago and an officer like was driving through the like parking lot and he just waved at me like I mean whatever cool like thank you and I like was really excited and I know that like some people around me are like not fans of officers for whatever reason it may be which sucks but then they look at me they're like why did you just like wave to the officer I was like because they're not scary they're people and I enjoy them um and I know that's a case for a lot of my residents somebody got pulled over by a Fredonia police officer like in the town and came back and she was like Honestly, well, she's like, I was doing something wrong. And she goes, and I'm not really afraid of it anymore because you guys have officers here all the time for programs. And I was like, yeah, we do. But. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's completely normal to be nervous uh, getting pulled over by a police officer. And I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, Dr. Hefner had a, uh, a party at the president's house in the fall and uh, everybody wore uh, Hawaiian shirts. And I, I went to the party and uh, had my Hawaiian shirt on. And on my way home, uh, on Route 60, I got pulled over by a sheriff's deputy. Uh, for the only reason, when I'm on Route 60 and those kind of two-lane roads, I like to stay over to the right side of the lane and sort of get my right tires on the white line, and which is... I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. It's a hallmark uh, sign of a drunk driver. So the officer came up, and here I am, new to this job. Uh, and uh, he thought I had been drinking and I hadn't. And uh, he came up, he immediately recognized who I was, but even for me, I've been in law enforcement for a long time. You, you, feel, you feel your uh, blood pressure go up and your heart rate go up, that's it's completely normal. Well, I appreciate that. I love how that was the highlight of this <clears throat> thing was me being afraid of that, but yeah. <laughs> That's how it works for me. Literally, like, I could tell, like, a whole entire story, and the one thing that I'm, like, afraid of or do wrong in anybody's conversation is what they pick up on, which is completely fine. It's just how it works. Yeah. And just well, get made fun of it for, like, four years, so. I'll tell you, a helpful hint for anybody getting pulled over, and this might be interested to our listeners, is that uh, officers are always uh, on guard when they pull over a car because so many bad, bad things happen to police officers during car stops. It's, it's one of the most dangerous things that officers do. So anything you can do as the driver to sort of take uh, that concern for the officer's safety off of his mind, uh, the better, right? So a couple hints. If you get pulled down, especially at night, roll down 
uh, all of your windows, turn off your car, put your hands where you can, where they can be seen. You know, he's looking for hands and just use a nice tone of voice. Uh, don't be confrontational. If you get a ticket, just take your ticket. You can argue at court if, uh, if you feel you've been uh, wrongly accused. Uh, but you'll quickly see that if you do that, most officers will just give you a warning and send you on your way. And uh, if they see uh, that you're doing those things, they might even ask you, do you have a relative in law enforcement? You know, how do you know to roll down the windows? How do you know to show, show your hands on the steering wheel or even on the uh, edge of the car door? Uh, those kinds of things will really put an officer at ease uh, that, that you're not going to hurt him, that there's nothing in the car that'll hurt him. I guess wrapping it up, the best piece of advice that you ever received that you think is worth sharing? It's, it's my dad's advice, uh, and he told this to me when I was in my college career and uh, trying to think of, I, I was going to be in the Navy. I, I was on a ROTC scholarship. I had to go in the Navy. And uh, I could go through, uh, you know, go into the parts of the Navy where most people went, or I could go into the part of the Navy where very, very few people went, and uh, sort of the road less traveled. But his advice to me was, if, if you see a crowd going in one direction, don't feel like you have to go with the crowd. And uh, that just really made a lot of sense. I think it's good career advice generally, uh, that if you see an opportunity in your, uh, in your career that is unique and is something that, that maybe a lot of your peers uh, aren't interested in, uh, but it's still an opportunity and it's interesting to you, that's, that's probably the path you wanna take. I think that that has served me well and it started, started serving me well in, uh, in the mid-1980s. I like that, thank you. Absolutely. Um, before we end, I wanna ask you both the same question. Um, what is your favorite place on campus and why? Um, I don't know. I have a lot of places I like. I think my favorite place is probably the planetarium in the basement of Jewett. Um, that's, I mean, mostly because it has to do with my major. Like, I want to go on into astronomy after I finish my 7,000 years at Fredonia. But when I, like, need to escape things, like, if I just am having, like, a rough day or, like, a lot of things are going on, um, that's where some of my favorite professors are. Um, and I work with Mike Dunham, the uh, professor in the physics department, and I'll just like go escape down there and just like do my homework in the base, in the planetarium because I have, I can, and nobody else can get down there besides maintenance and Dr. Dunham. So it's just like, all right, cool. Nobody's going to bother me down here for a little bit. So I'll go down there for a half hour. And when I'm not there for that reason, like if I'm doing public astronomy nights, whenever this is all over again, um, that's like what brings me the most joy is like seeing the community come together and being there. And I love hosting the public astronomy nights. So probably the planetarium. Brent, how about you? Yeah, well, there's a lot of cool places, uh, but I, I think my favorite is King Concert Hall. Uh, one of the most awesome things about being a police officer on campus is I have a key to every single door. <laughs> I, can, I can go wherever I want to. And uh, more than once, I'll just, uh, I've gone into King Concert Hall. It's of course empty, not a soul there but me. Uh, I love the architecture, you know, that, that uh, late 60s architecture that then was very futuristic and now kind of looks dated. And I just, it's kind of corny, but I think it's cool. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful hall. I actually uh, played my drums on that uh, stage uh, about four years ago now with uh, a group of uh, music teachers and uh, 
professionals around the county called the uh, Chautauqua County Band that was uh, run for 25 years by a friend of mine, John Cross, who's a, just a tremendous uh, saxophone player. This group of uh, uh, musicians, many of whom are SUNY Fredonia grads, every January uh, we get together and practice for one day and put a con concert on that night. Uh, we did it in King Concert Hall a few years ago. And the cool thing is after the adults play, we uh, integrate seventh and eighth graders into the band and uh, you know they get to play in a group you know shoulder to shoulder with uh, professional musicians and it's, it's a it's a really neat experience for those those younger students it's fun to see how they uh, they say oh this is how my instrument's supposed to sound so that's fun king concert hall wow there's you do so many things you can play the drums engineering psychology, law enforcement, like you name it, you've done it. That's pretty amazing. Well, I'm a generalist, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Jack of all trades, master of none. Well, I want to thank you both again for joining us. Um, Diana, thank you for being my co-host. Um, thank you again to Brent Isaacson, Chief of Police at the SUNY Fredonia. And thank you for listening to the Fred Cast. <laughs>